So the other day I was with a friend and I was scrolling through Instagram and Facebook and um, my friend just happens to be a revert and they were like, oh my goodness, what's with all these pictures of of Muslims in front of Christmas trees and even they have Christmas trees in their house and they have Santa hats and they're doing selfies and they're, they're sharing Christmas songs. She said, I left Islam and I left Christmas and all of the, the jahiliya behind me, all of the, the, the non-Islamic practices behind me and these are born Muslims doing it. I don't get it. And I kind of looked at her and was like, I don't get it either because it's really not permissible but I mean it's everywhere and I think the more we see it the more it becomes normalized but that's not what today's topic is about I just thought that was an interesting thing because that what is what got me to think even more and more about creating this episode so I put out a blog post about a year ago about this you I'll link it in you can check it but today I want to talk to reverts it is not easy this time of year and I feel your pain. Let's talk about how to handle Christmas and family in Christmas time. How are you guys on this Monday? It's a bit dreary here in New York and I am um, I have so many things on my list today and even my week. How about you guys? How are you guys doing? Do you have like a ton of things that you just need to get to? And I feel like no matter how many things I do, I never quite chip away. Like I think this weekend it was just mounds of laundry because I decided to like every once in a while because I tried to do more of a minimalistic type lifestyle, not just because it's like trendy, but because it's actually really an Islamic practice. And that's what I'm saying. A lot of things that come up in trend are, are very similar in Islam. And um, in that we're taught to, you know, only have enough, only use what we need. We're not, we're not supposed to be excessive. So I, I tend to like open up my closets and pour them out on the floor. So I did that or onto the bed or whatever. And I thought I was going to get to it. But then as many of you know, um, I got invited to do something with the congressman where he was honoring women of faith, whatever. And you know, when you think you're going to finish something, but then you run out of time. And I was like grappling with like, putting a couple more things away, folding a couple more things, or actually like being on time to where I'm supposed to go. So I said, well, I'm going to be like the token Muslim in the room. I better be on time. And so I put the clothes down, but that meant yesterday I had to go back at them again and I still haven't finished them. So here's a shout out to all the women who are trying to get through their laundry and it's just not working out. I feel you. Um, subhanAllah. Actually, no, it's just, I mean, I just was trying to like bring down my closet and make it smaller because I'm always trying to think of things I could gift. And actually this time of year is a really great time to give gifts. I think I'm going to do a podcast about what I do with neighbors. I don't mean like Christmas gifts. That's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something else, but I'm talking about relationships with neighbors. I think I'm going to do a little podcast. I just reminded myself about that. Okay. So today we are going to talk about a really um, important topic that's near and dear to my heart because the revert community often gets neglected guys. And this is a cry from the revert community that I've heard time and time again, which is, you know, I made Shahada. Everybody welcomed me into this community. I was so excited and here I am alone. Now that alone could be a podcast in itself, like the revert experience. It's not so great and I wish it wasn't that way. There are some reverts who do get connected with really amazing people after they take Shahada or they have a close friend and they're good to go. But for far too many, it's a really, really lonely journey. But Alhamdulillah, this is actually the journey that many of the the um, 
people in the time of the Prophet, um, you know, the Sahaba that they went through. So I just need rereads to also know that their experience is not isolated. Um, it's a really um, time where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing you to see if you're truly sincere. So when you made, and, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about this in the Quran, and to see if whether or not when you made this, like, do you think you could just say, La ilaha illallah, and that's it, we wouldn't test you? No, they want to, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to know that you really mean it. You really are going to take on this lifestyle, and you're going to let go of some things that were once possibly near and dear to you. And one of those could be the topic today, which is Christmas, which I'm about to go into. And I'm going to talk with some really um, sincere advice that is very realistic for reverts about how to handle family and friends. You get a lot of pressure. So as a Muslim, you're told, okay, you should be doing that. And then from your family side, they don't understand. They get upset. And like, how do you how do you manage it all? It's not easy, I know. But no worries. Today, we got you covered. Um, before I go in, I just want to do a, um, a shout out that I got... Um, I told you guys I was working on my reviews for Apple because a lot of sisters said um, they leave things for me there and they take time. This particular sister, Sonia, she left me something a bit more personal, which I didn't think she was going to um, want to share with everyone, but she said she really wanted to share this. She actually DM'd me and told me about this review, and she said she was going to share it and some of like what she was specifically going through. And I think that's really, really sweet because I think as women, we're shy to kind of share with one another about our struggles. And I really respect her. And I think that was really lovely that she felt like, you know what? I need other sisters to hear that like I too am struggling and going through this, but I'm trying my best and I'm, and I'm doing this and that. So I really, really love that. So shout out, big hugs and, and um, du'as for you, sis. So she said, uh, Sonia said, Salam alaikum. I have recently come across your podcast and OMG, let me, let me tell you how much I'm loving your talks. I'm on the verge of losing my inner self and confidence due to some recent psychological things and ended up needing therapy. Alhamdulillah, listening to a few of your podcasts have already made me feel so great. Listening to you every day while driving an hour each way from home and work is my new passion, especially the topics about raising kids in the path of the sunnah. While listening to you, I find myself guilty in many ways as I fall under the categories of those typical parents with negative attitudes due to stress. I am able to realize my weakness and I'm trying to implement them or practice them in my day-to-day life. I am taking your words of listening more and talking less as my first lesson. Please continue to do what you're doing as it is helping many of us Muslim moms like me. Thank you again, my dear. That was so sweet. And I want to say again, like I really, really respect her. Like as women, we don't often say that we are struggling with certain types of issues like that. And I want to say that may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make everything easy for you, sis. And I swear I will keep trying, you know, Allahu alam, I will keep trying my very best to put out things that I, I feel are beneficial. And really, I know it's hard as moms. We're so stressed out and like we don't mean to say things that we say to our kids, but we, we say them because, you know, it happens. But being more conscious, which is why I made Mindful Muslima, being more conscious about what we do and say and how we live, it's everything. It can not only just change our life, but the lives of our children. And I love that, sister, you're taking the time out of your day and you're using the time that you could be doing something else to really just develop yourself and to um, help your own children. So I really respect you and I, and I bless you. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless you in this life and the next. Subhanallah. So if you want to be shouted out on my podcast, you know, if you want to, you don't have to share something that personal, but if you do want to share anything that you feel will uplift sisters, and that's what that sister did. She shared her own personal 
feelings and she also shared what she's doing about it she's not just laying back she's trying to develop herself so that's really really great if you want to get a shout out on my podcast you could share something on my ig stories you can leave me an apple review thank you so much again sonia and i'll keep talking to you as we dm each other inshallah okay guys so the topic of today is christmas now i'm going to talk to you about it's basically off of a blog post that i made about a year ago that's actually about when i started this whole journey on mindful muslima and it's kind of crazy that i'm coming full circle and the blog post was called how to handle the holidays and i'm still going to say this is how to handle the holidays and this is what um, we're talking about today and you'll get a little snippet on something personal about me and i i talk about like the hardest time seems to be november to january where all these winter holidays pop up and you know us Muslims, we get invited to parties and events of people that we're really close to. Sometimes it's friends, sometimes it's family. And we have these childhood families and memories. If you're a reaver, people go through these things. And, uh, and yet you have this new way of life. So it's this time of crazy internal conflict. Now also for born Muslims, it's this time of awkwardness, right? Getting invited to the holiday party with all like the booze and inappropriate conversation. And you know, obviously avoid those as much as possible. Whenever I'm in Invited to them, I just tell them that I'm busy to be honest or something happened or I can't. And that's the honest truth because it's just a lot of mingling between men and women and a lot of alcohol passing around. And that's really the majority of it, guys. And um, you could do wonderful things as an alternative as opposed to attending these types of festivities but I mean it is a difficult time because we're all tested and balancing our belief with our emotions and our relationships with people can be so hard. And many women have kind of confided with me that they're struggling with friends and family who just really do not understand. And when I tell you um, it can get bad, it can get really, really bad. I've seen people like leave the dean over this stuff. It's really, really not easy. But I want to tell you that it does get better. It's hard right now, but it does get better. And I'm really grateful because I myself have been tested with things that I swore to my life. There's no way things could possibly get better when I was, you know, like newer in my understanding of how to handle things in life. But over the years, through my experience and, you know, educating myself Islamically, I understand now that everything is only for a time. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he only gives us um, what we can handle. He never gives us more than we can bear. And he is most merciful, most graceful. And, and, and he is um, completely aware of what we're going through. And he knows we can do it. He knows we can handle it. And, you know, how can we cope with, like, the day-to-day or the invitations or the family and the awkward stuff. So today, I'm going to share a couple of tips that I I think will be really um, encouraging to you on um, how to overcome these feelings that you're having where you know you're feeling obligated to all these people obligated to your job obligated to friends who are non-muslim obligated to um, family. I really want to share with you how I am constantly tested with this as well. But we have to not compromise our beliefs. We have to not feel guilty that we're Muslim or that we love Islam. And we have to understand that things are going to get better and it's not always going to be hard. And the more you persevere, the more it's going to get easier. And for me, there's certain people in my life that they were very, very close family to me. When I wasn't able to do certain things that they needed me to do, um, I, I basically just kept so consistent every year and to remind them remember I can't do that thing I'm so sorry I still love you though let's do this instead same year next year 
So sorry, can't do that. Still love you though. Let's do something else instead. How about this? How about that? So sorry. Like I was like a broken record (laughs) to the point where people just gave up on me. And it's not because I didn't love them. I know how hard it is for them. And and they sometimes would interpret things as family and friends when you can't do things. Because there's non-Muslim guys that do a lot of Islamic stuff. And then we have revert families, you know, with with non-Muslims. And so either way, the guilt tripping is real. Like they are like heartbroken. It's really, really hard. You don't love us you don't want to be with us you've chosen this over us um you know that's not such a big deal you're making it bigger than it is you don't really have to do that and there's a lot a lot of things said so I totally know what you're saying but today I want to give you some suggestions that have really helped me to get through any difficult time where people are pressuring you to do things that are contrary to what you know you need to do Islamically, okay? So I'm going to give you some basic tips and advice. The first thing I do want to say though is that is like the foundation of this is you need to be proud of your belief enough to be yourself all of the time. Now this is like this is like so important related to a hijab and proper modest dressing for women. Because if you're not comfortable, like when you get around other people, your hijab's gonna switch up, your clothes are gonna get tighter and shorter. So this is not just like a Christmas problem, this is like all the time problem with us Muslims, especially as females. We always have to feel like we have to like please everybody else. So you have to get proud in yourself all the time. And this could be one of the toughest things. And um, I'm starting with this first though, and I'm gonna let you know why. Because if you can master this one, the rest is easy. I'm honest, guys. This is the one you don't you don't skip over. You need to be proud of yourself. I need to be proud of myself and my deen and not be afraid to say I'm Muslim. And, you know, the other day when I was sharing um, my, when I went with the congressman, he invited me up and I was in a church and I was in front of all the non-Muslims. I was the only Muslim there other than, you know, the a couple of people that came to support me that wanted to be there but that was it and I'm speaking to an audience of non-Muslims and I had to say in that moment how proud I was to be Muslim and how grateful I am and I said something kind about the community and I said something kind about the the um the people that were there and their religion and I talked about Islam and I talked about the deen but I, I I talked about pride from my own I didn't go there like all awkward like oh I'm the only non-Muslim here oh probably they're looking at me oh I should make sure I don't say anything when I get up there I should just talk about something you know secular I don't care guys I really really don't you have to come to this point where you're comfortable as a female in your own skin and you're also comfortable in your own deen these are the two hardest things for us as women I've talked about that in previous podcasts it's not easy for us um but you know you really really have to start in that place and I do too The biggest struggle isn't the people. I'm going to say this again. The biggest struggle is not the people. It's you. It's me. It's us. We are our own biggest problem because we care too much about what people think. It is allowed for you to say, no, kindly, I can't do that. We, we, we um, respect people all the time. Like, come on. If a Jewish person came into a restaurant and they said, I can't, and and I owned the restaurant. Let's pretend I owned the restaurant. And they said, I can't eat pork. And I said, hey, but I have a special, not like I would like make pork in a restaurant that I had, but you know what I'm saying, right? If I had like, I'm pretending I'm a non-Muslim right now, obviously. Um, I, I, I had a restaurant and I was serving pork. I wouldn't be like, oh, but you have to try this special. It's pork chops. I know you'll love it. And then the Jewish man would be like, but I'm a Jew and I can't eat pork. And I'd be like, but it's, but I made it. I made it for the community. I need, I need you guys to taste it. It's so good. 
you have to eat it. Like, no one, this sounds like a ridiculous conversation. Everybody knows Jews don't eat pork. Nobody would ever try to force a Jew to eat pork. That's just ridiculous. It's the same thing with Muslims. We're not supposed to do certain things. We're not supposed to dress certain ways. We're not supposed to be celebrating Christmas. We're not supposed to be doing a lot of things. But we're always loosey-goosey like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, like, certain groups are not afraid to say what their beliefs are. You're not going to find Hindus that are shy to tell you that they don't eat beef. They don't. This is inappropriate for them. We have to be proud of what our beliefs are and confident that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created things for a reason. If we are struggling with that, it's because we're not confident and we don't know enough to, to get to be sold into it all in, heart full, 100% of, of you, you being comfortable and me being comfortable with my Islam. That's that's the real deal, guys. That's the bottom line of most of our problems. So I just wanted to like spend an extra minute or two like ranting about that. Forgive my little rant. Okay. So it's really important that we that we know that. But where is the best place to find answers? So I'm gonna give you some general tips, but some of you guys might have like your own personal issues and problems and you need some very specific advice. Sometimes you DM me, keep doing that. But let me tell you where you're gonna get the best advice in the world the best the place i go it's a very exclusive place and actually anyone can can get advice from this place but most people don't but i'm going to tell you exactly where it is and where i've got some of the best advice of my life the best guidance of my life the best protection of my life it is in sujood on a carpet in the time of uh like the time of uh maybe like the last third of the night this is the best time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open doors for you in this time. So the time like before Fajr, before Fajr, you're going to go into sujood and tell Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, pour your heart out. Oh Allah, my mom, she's pressuring me for this or my dad and this and I need this and this is hard for me. I actually don't know how to deal with it. Help me. Give me the words. Talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Talk to him in whatever language is the language that you you know that you can speak freely to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You don't have to only speak in Arabic. You don't have to speak only a certain way. But ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He will give you the best of advice. And every single dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises He will answer them and He is the best keeper of promises. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran in Surah Al-Baqarah in uh, verse 2, uh, Surah Al-Baqarah, excuse me, Surah Al-Baqarah verse 186, and when my slave ask you, O Muhammad, concerning me, answer them, I am indeed near. I respond to the invocation of the supplicant when he calls on me without any mediator or intercessor. So let them obey me and believe in me so they may be led aright. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves when we ask him. He, would, he wants us and he says, I'm always going to answer you. He literally said it in the Quran. I'm always going to answer you. So please, why we don't answer, guys? So now, I want us to know that we have to keep in our eyes open and our ears open once you, you make this dua. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will answer you, but you have to like, you have to understand if he starts closing doors or opening doors, these are usually signs for you. And, um, you know, keep seeking knowledge, keep reading and all that stuff. It's really, really important. So the first um, tip I kind of gave you indirectly was to seek help 
from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in, in having pride for your deen and going to him is your best first source of help. It's it's not even my podcast, guys. It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the second thing I want to tell you that's really going to help you get through this tough time of Christmas or any other thing where you're pressured in the holidays of any kind is you have to surround yourself with practicing Muslims, guys. When you surround yourself with non-Muslims, they're going to tell you to do whatever the opposite of Islam says. And that's totally understandable. They're non-Muslims, guys. They're not going to be like, they're not going to do that. They're non-Muslims. So, guys, what in the world could, what friends you have have to do with, you know, your dean and being strong about Christmas? So, I'm going to give you a perfect example, a perfect scenario. Let's pretend you get in a big fight with your parents and they are upset because they don't want you to go out to dinner. They don't, okay, so these are your non-Muslim um, family. They don't want you to go out to dinner uh, with your hijab, your revert. They're embarrassed and you're cons- they're concerned that basically other people are going to be staring at them and they don't even want to go with you to the restaurant. I've seen this happen to a lot of reverts. Um, they put on their new hijab. They're very excited and parents are like, no, I'm not going to be associated with the Muslims. I'm not going to go outside. So there's two kinds of advice you probably would get in that situation. Let me give you tell you what the non-Muslim would say and what the Muslim would say. I think now more than ever with the world in the state that it is, it's really important that we're somehow aligned with change, positive change. And so many people ask me actually how I get my message out to so many platforms so easily. I'm a mom of five. I'm an educator of 20 years. How am I getting the time to do this? Well, I don't do it in a crazy way. I have one platform. I put it on Anchor and it goes out to the 10 different platforms. And that allows me to have more time for myself and the things that I love. If you want to try it out, go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, so if you have um, basically um, a Muslim friend, excuse me, and let's do the non-Muslims friend first. I think that'll be very interesting. If you have a non-Muslim friend, they're probably going to tell you and think whatever they're going to say is going to be from a non-Muslim perspective. They might say your parents might be right. You shouldn't wear hijab for the dinner. It's no big deal if you take it off and you put it on right back after the dinner. And, you know, your parents are your parents and you should really respect them and um, they might say something like that. They might also tell you to tell your parents off and tell them it's none of their business and stuff like that because people do disrespect their parents in this culture over here. Um, And who knows? Either way, they're going to tell you either to totally obey your parents and listen to them or they're going to tell you just like, you know, I don't want to say the bad words that you can easily say that I've heard them say, but basically just don't go to their dinner. Who are they anyway to tell you? Either way, this is not the Islamic answer okay and those are totally understandable that because those are total cultural answers for the for the western culture here in america so on the flip side if you ever have practicing muslim friends they might remind you of the kindness of parents they might talk to you about how we should be good to our parents even when we feel slighted by them because you might feel upset from your parents right they might tell you that your parents are very important but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and your religion comes first. They might remind you of your obligations to wear hijab and console you that things will get better and not to feel sad. They might remind you of the ayat of Quran or hadith from the sunnah explaining it further. A good Muslim sister will always suggest a healthy compromise or advice. The point is, in the end, they will encourage you both to keep your religion and your relationship with your parents. So having trusted Muslim friends can really help you on your journey. Okay. The third thing I want to say to you is be patient. It, Rome wasn't built in a day, right? Like they say, guys, um, everybody goes through things. Sometimes you're going to feel drained. Sometimes it's going to feel like you're explaining and defending yourself forever. 
But guys, that's what the Sahaba did in the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him. It's to be expected. Anytime somebody does something new, I have people in my family, they become vegan and everybody comes down on them. Oh, you need meat in your life or, or they become vegetarian or, you know, it doesn't matter. People, like when you're not doing the norm, everybody's always going to give you a hard time. It's okay, guys. You just have to get used to like... It's harder for people, I think, that really, really care about what other people think about them. The more you're confident in yourself and you're confident in your decisions, it becomes a lot easier because you feel good about what you did and you stand behind what you believe in. The fourth thing is kind of have a regular way to to calm yourself and center yourself. So a lot of this conversation can be a little bit stressful. Um, A lot of people pressuring you, a lot of stuff going on. So just already know it's going to happen, right? Foresight, it's really important to know it's going to happen like anything else in stress and family. But you have to have a way to center yourself, okay? Some possible ways you could do deep breathing. You can recite dhikr. You can do positive affirmations for yourself. Like, I can do this. I know this is only for a time. You can make wudu. You can find a quiet place to pray or make dua. You can change your physical position. This is what the Prophet, peace be upon him, said. Like, if you're standing, you can sit. If you're sitting, you could lie down. Um, and you could just take a walk, get, a, get change your physical space. There's so many things you could do, but you just need to know that this time of the year will be stressful for you, so plan accordingly. Okay. Five, expect pushback and have a prepared response. So I already know family is going to do something, so I'm totally ready. Um, so I I do this all the time. So first, expect the response and just expect that it's normal. It's not personal, guys. It's not personal. The second thing is have a prepared answer or information to explain. And, you know, basic explanation. Don't go too deep. Don't go too too religious because it's, it might get a little bit back and forth. And third, don't expect that they're going to accept your elaborate explanation. Even if you've worked hard, you stayed up all night to write your thesis. They might not accept it, guys. Understand it might just take time for them to grapple. They just miss you and love you and they're not understanding what the deal is. And four, have a pre-planned compromise to offer. So what I usually tell reverts is um, if you can't do Christmas, think of a, a week or two after or before where you guys can just do a dinner so you guys can still spend time together. If it's really about spending time together, together, then it has nothing to do with Christmas. Then it really shouldn't have to be on Christmas, right? So if you have family that's going to be in the area, you can meet up with them before or after since that might be the only time you might see them. And that does happen for families who travel from far places. And the sixth thing, and this is the one I love, which is think outside of the box, explore possible compromises, you know? And if we leave all of our expressions of love and connections to the holidays, what kind of relationships are those guys? Our relationships are not based on holidays. Think about it. What can we do to show our love and make the holiday less of a conflict? Find alternatives. Like you can, number one, increase the amount of time you engage with your family and friends outside of the holiday time. Do more brunches and lunches with them. It'll make them feel like you're around more. Open your heart um, and suggest some new celebrations or new traditions that you guys can create together. There are so many options think outside of the box so i really hope these suggestions were helpful you today for not just reverts and it really actually is mostly for reverts in the holiday time but for i know we also have a lot of muslim listeners for you guys as well understand what they're going through and reach out to them and you know ask them you know how you could be of help give them some sound advice and don't tell them it's okay just to go and celebrate because that's not the answer guys the answer is they should they should um, understand this is a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they they should look for some alternatives and start to be creative but also help them through the emotional part of it 
that you love them and you accept them and you're so happy that um, they've chosen to um, to follow this deen and to to really adhere to things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created for us because he never creates things for us that are not good for us. Alhamdulillah. So thank you guys so much for listening. I will talk to you in the next episode when we are talking about love. And by the way, if you are a revert... Uh- We actually have a lot of stuff coming up regarding finding a spouse, whether the next upcoming podcast or um, actually we're going to have a free class that comes out towards the end of January. We open it up probably like once or twice a year. And so uh, we're going to open it up again, probably only for about five days, but we're definitely going to have it. And we have redone it if you've taken it before, where we're going to talk about red flags, stuff to know, like red flags with the guy, red flags with the family, and then also some things you definitely need to know in order to meet the right guy. And I cannot tell you, maybe this week alone, I've been on 10 different calls with people who are in tears about being in a marriage that they wish they had asked the right questions or they wish they had noticed this or that, and they totally were blindsided. So all I want to say is knowledge is power, and we're going to give it away for free in the class. And then also everybody who leaves the class will get a 25 question, um, 25 top questions to ask a potential spouse. So if you're married, we have tons of married stuff coming up. No worries. And marriage tips, really exciting stuff. And I'm making you a downloadable of my top marriage tips for married women. That'll be coming out probably in a week or two, but also for the uh, free class, look out for that towards January. In the meantime, we have a ton of good stuff and some really amazing surprise guests. Can't wait to talk to you in the next podcast. Have a great uh, wish of the week, guys. Assalamu alaikum, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.